heads up on some language here, and it's not, there's no way I can play it without playing it. Because if I bleep it, you're not going to, there's no, no one's going to expect this. Maybe you heard about it, but I'm going to ask you to consider a through line. Okay, a point of continuity between these two seemingly disparate pieces of audio. Number one uh, comes out of Chicago, courtesy of Project Veritas, where wouldn't you know that a teacher was sitting down and having a conversation and thinking he's talking to a colleague, so of course he says something like this. I had like our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. And guess what? Project Veritas let people know that's what's going on in some of the schools in Chicago. And you probably heard about the response to the school, right? The dean of the school? Yeah, we'll get to that. So take that for the gross that it is and put it in one corner. And then hear this from a uh, citizen investigator. He's an investigator, writer, and an activist. And, and just, just consider the through line. The types of things you're talking about are being discussed in the negotiations for a proposed pandemic treaty. And so if the international health regulations and the amendments are a Japanese bullet train, okay, and it's going to be here before you blink, uh, there's a big old gravy train, you know, freight train with everything loaded onto it, all of the hopes and dreams of the people who want to take over the world. You mentioned, you know, food and, and, and farming and ranching and, and nutrition. Um, that falls under, uh, I believe it's Article 17 of their proposed pandemic treaty, which they refer to as One Health. Now, One Health is not about one's individual health. Of course it isn't. It's about one source of sustenance and one group that helps distribute it, or I shouldn't say helps. So what's the through line? Well, the through line is it's all being done under the auspices of health. Yes, even the sex toys with kids is being done under the auspices of health. Bulwark Capital Management helps us bring this stuff about from knowyourriskradio.com. We'll get started and end up hearing from who you just heard from, James Roguski. He's a writer, an investigator, and an activist. But let's take the road there together, shall we? Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. So, why do I look at through lines? Because the biggest defense I personally have had against the era of mass propaganda has been a reliance upon the Word of God standing firm on that foundation, clearly, but also pattern recognition. I shouldn't say but... Because, of course, the Bible is an historical view of human patterns in interaction with God. And when we become close to that and live in the Word of God, we can look at things like this that we're going to talk about today from a perspective of historical knowledge through a spiritual view. In other words, through God's view. And so when I read a headline like this, prior to really being to really being in the Word of God, I would read a headline like this and say, that's awful, that's horrible, these people are twisted, how could they think this? Now that I read this, I simply say, okay, it's our turn. We are going to have to deal with despots like this in our era. And this is from The Guardian, headline. Humanity has become a weapon of mass extinction. UN head tells COP15. Antonio Guterres calls for an end to destruction of nature as Canada pushes proposal to protect 30% of Earth. From whom? 
And when I saw that, I thought, well, this is okay. Where's it from? It's from the guardian. Did you really say it? Oh, it's right here. There's the quote. And it's so vital for us to understand that these people are not doing anything to hide their desire to rid the the world of 6.5 billion people and to live in, and uh, they're going to, what they're going to do is they're going to create like a garden and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be what, what life should have been sparsely populated and they're, they're going to protect the earth and all things, anything you need, you're going to have. And work is going to be something that most people don't have to do because so much will be provided for us. Plus, the resources will be so rich with only 500 million people versus 7 billion. Resources will be so rich. The earth will return to its glory. It will be back to the garden state. You know, like, like the Garden of Eden. But they're going to make it. They're going to construct it. They're going to build the new earth. And human beings stand in the way. And the through line, well, how do we get from there to this, this sexualization of children? How do we get there? Well, here's a hint. People who consider human beings bugs, well, worse than that, uh, a cancer upon the earth, why would they not use children for their sexual gratification what would stop them if your view is that 6.5 billion people should be exterminated as the world economic forum people have said slowly and equitably hopefully they said hopefully slowly and equitably if that's your view why not have some sexual gratification on the way down using the bodies of children or others why so there's part of the through line. There's, there's also this uh, very consistent fact about the leftist portion of the party as it views life, uh, particularly the life of people other than themselves. And that adds to the pattern recognition as we go through these stories all the way down into what's going on in Chicago. Then a word from James Roguski, who is a writer investigator and activist and i'm not certain that james and i agree on everything but we are lockstep on what the uh what the technocrats want to do i don't think we could be closer on that the uh, healthy cell product continues to amaze me and so does the company that founded it this is the furthest thing from big pharma and it's the closest thing i've seen to a true sort of just true approach of how do I use what I know to help people be what they can be. And Healthy Cell was founded by a gentleman whose dad is a pretty renowned doctor who lives outside of the insurance and pharma equilibrium and therefore a, a radical because, of course, he's looking at what our bodies can do for themselves. And Healthy Cell is taking on a pretty, like, solid set industry supplements and vitamins. I've talked to you about the sleep product. This is such an easy one. The vitamins that you're taking, you probably can't absorb most of it or a good portion of it. Your body can't because of the manufacturing of this from the 1930s, this design, uh, the nutrients in the pill are often solid particles. Some of them 10 to 100% too big to absorb like sand. Because remember, these nutrients, as packed together as they are, right, go through your body. And if they're not completely absorbed, well, why eat them? So for that shelf that you have of all the vitamins, just imagine what if you could simply rip the top off of a gel pack, consume the gel pack. By the way, it tastes great. All of them do. The sleep aid, the, the focus and awareness does. Um, memory recall focus tastes fantastic. The, the sleep stuff, REM takes fantastic. And as vitamins go, so does the product to replace all those vitamins that you largely cannot absorb. This stuff is maximally absorbable, 165% more absorbable than the stuff that you're taking now. And the other products, like how about your cognition at the end of the day? Or the late afternoon, mine suffers. 
So why not get a pickup on that with the microgel technology that will create for you ultra absorption of nootropics, neurotransmitters, and the cognitive fuel that your body needs, right? You can get this all at healthycell.com slash Todd. Start with the vitamins if you want to test them because you are just certifiably wasting money if your body cannot absorb the vitamins that you're taking. So go to HealthyCell.com slash Todd. That's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. And use promo code Todd for 20% off your first order. Again, that's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Promo code Todd for 20% off your first order. Or just continue to try to suck down those pills that none of us can really absorb that well. Uh, The Democrats in the left openly see life as an issue, a problem. And in so many different arenas, they're beginning to transmit and brag about seeing death as a solution. And it's not, quote, just abortion. Certainly that's the core of it. That's the center of it. But there's more. The expansion of euthanasia, which all we said, we all said was coming. We all said, hey, once this starts, it's not going to end. Uh, This summer, the Canadian government reported more than 10,000 people died by assisted suicide in 2021. This is from the Federalist. Next year, lawmakers are expanding eligibility for assisted suicide to the mentally ill. When the government legalized euthanasia in 2016, it was open only to patients with terminal conditions and over 18 years of age. Now it can be you don't have enough money. You're depressed. You don't have enough money. You can go in and say, this, this, my poverty has caused me a mental illness. I'm, I'm hopelessly depressed. Uh, help me die. Okay. Safe and effective. Oh, is it safe and rare? One of the two. There is an ad called All is Beauty. It's a, it's a campaign. Peter Simmons, the company's CEO, said it's about hope and optimism. It's a promotion for people to kill themselves opening with the most beautiful exit and promoted in a nation whose leaders want to make it easier to die. None of Hatch's efforts uh, to procure treatment were reflected in this corporate ad glorifying her death. This is about a woman who's featured in an ad campaign. And apparently she wanted to live. But that's not how the ad campaign apparently comes across. According to the National Post, the Canadian newspaper popular west of Ontario, it's a good, good organization. This woman was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, a rare and painful condition that compromises connective tissue. She turned to medical assistance in dying after she failed to secure medical assistance in living. I feel like I'm falling through the cracks, so I'm not able to access health care. Then I'm not able to, then I'm able to access, access death care. That's what they led me into looking into and made. It's far easier to go than to keep fighting. And it's a fashion company that's published this ad with Jennifer Hatch in it. She's now dead. She was 37. Last breaths are sacred. Even as I seek to help to end as I seek help to end my life with all the pain in these five moments, there's still so much beauty. They're glamorizing this. Now, remember, this is from Canada, the home of, of Obamacare-style care. Everybody gets care. It's the greatest health care in the world. Everybody gets it, except her. This is a nudge, nudge, nudge. You are not worth saving. It's, it's an, an abortion of an adult. She didn't have to be put down like a dog, some people say. She couldn't find proper care in the system. The National Reports reported that Hatch's case is an ever, one of an ever-expanding constellation of Canadians who want to live, but applied for medically-assisted death out of desperation after failed attempts to seek care. And remember, it's socialized medicine. Remember, no one in Canada is turned away. National Post points this out. Last year, a BC woman named Donna Duncan was unable to swiftly receive approval for assisted suicide in Abbotsford Hospital after years of unsuccessful attempt to find cre- uh, treatment for chronic health problems. Pardon me, was able to swiftly receive. So she tried and tried and tried to get help with chronic mental health issues. And they said, hey, we can't do that, but we can kill you. The Post describes Duncan's family as blindsided by the hospital's, the hospital's decision to kill her. 
And there's many more egregious cases like this. And this is also coming from the left. Which, you know, I mean, to his credit, Mitch McConnell and his credit, Kevin McCarthy, are standing against this. Right? Oh, my bad. No, they're not. Which takes us a little further down the road. It takes us back to people who think there's too many of us. And if you watch, if this is the John Kerry story. There are 330 million Americans. There are people who have a balanced view of the climate who may say, hey, you know what? We're humans. Human beings are, are, are we're participants in the earth. God has granted us unique capabilities as human beings. We're the only ones who can build complex puzzles. We're the only ones who can build complex buildings. There are animals who do plan ahead and are able to use tools. Let's not kid ourselves. There's animals like that. Crows are amongst them. But a crow cannot build a skyscraper, nor can a crow you know, code a computer or write a book. We are uniquely able to do that. So with all these unique capabilities and all these people who take a more mild view of the climate saying, yeah, human beings are part of the earth. Therefore, if cows contribute to the climate, so do we. And perhaps some of the machines we build are contributing to this, but not in a catastrophic way. There's a lot of people like that, but who gets called back to run climate? John Kerry, out of a nation of 330 million Americans, who comes back to run climate but John Kerry? We just can't find anyone more brilliant than John Kerry. American Greatness has a fantastic article about the, the upstairs-downstairs coalition. This is, in, in minorities in this context, referred to Vanguard of California political writer Joe Colton calls the upstairs-downstairs coalition, a voting block, he says, that brings together the most destitute with the most privileged part of our society. At the top are a few thousand super rich. At the bottom are a few thousand hardened fanatics, many of them professionals. These two super minorities working in tandem currently control the destiny of America. Expertly manipulating the voters in the upstairs-downstairs coalition, they're actively destroying everything we love and everything we need. The minority occupying the top position in the upstairs-downstairs coalition are the plutocrats who run America. A 2017 analysis identified the top one-tenth of one percent one in 10,000 Americans to have an average annual income of 30 million bucks. We know about this. 2019 Stanford study found the top 1%, uh, probably one tenth of, well, it was one one hundredth. Now, one tenth of 1% control a total net worth equal to the entire cumulative net worth of the bottom 90% of Americans. At the pinnacle, however, are America's billionaires, a scant 735 of them at last. Now, this is not a rant against wealth, the article doesn't do that. What it is a rant against is using that to purchase control. And they're doing it through health. And yes, we're working up to the sexualization of children under the cover of health. Michael Schellenberger, we refer to him a bit on the show as a California um, activist, former progressive, by the way. And in a series of recent Substack articles... And things like infantilization of the apocalypse, the quiet desperation of woke fanatics, and narcissism and climate and woke victim movement. He refers to militant climate activists, and he argues global elites are encouraging them, which is exceedingly dangerous and possibly is right. They're also weaponizing mental health, mental illness. In the USSR, during the Cold War, during the German Nazi area and the police state throughout the 20th century, recruiting thugs and turning them on their own people was a common tactic, still is in communist China today. What's happening in America is only slightly more nuanced and highly effective. To explain who controls America, current upstairs-downstairs coalition in a historical context, it's helpful to recognize the false dichotomy represented by supposedly left-wing establishment Democrats and supposedly right-wing establishment Republicans. Establishment is the key word here, absolutely right. Where was the curiosity about? Why John Kerry? Where is the curiosity about? Wait a minute. Why again do we have a teenage girl here informing us on climate policy, Greta Thunberg? And why, since she is not a very likable person, no offense to her, why is it that now she's been replaced with a much uh, more classic, better looking blonde young woman who, in fact, doesn't have Greta's fire? 
Why is this now the photo op for all the globalists who want to control this? And why is it always around health? And why is it always the same people? And why is it so easy for them to continue to buy people and buy policy? Remember, we are weapons of mass extinction. Remember, it's 500, no, 500 million people that they want to be alive. Not 7 billion. Remember, that's going to clean up the planet. Oh, we're getting there. Did I say something about weaponizing mental health? Yes, they are. They're weaponizing it to use it for euthanasia. They're weaponizing it to have kids addicted to pills. They're weaponizing it for policy. You will pretend men are women. They're weaponizing it for that. They're claiming that refusal to get injected with the mRNA is a mental illness, and it needs to be conquered somehow. In 2015, they began talking about using magnets to modify portions of the brain so people would not believe in God as fervently, because then they say, if people don't believe in God as fervently, guess what? They're not going to be racist, because don't you know, belief in God is tied exactly to racism. You see, when you discount human beings created in God's image and they're simply bugs and there's too many of them, why would you not have teachers like this in Chicago and the dean defending him, as you'll hear? Why would you not? And why would you not listen to citizen investigators and writers who are tracking the World Health Organization's next step? And we'll get to that with with James Roguski. You know, when you do a, a, a program like this, there's so many pieces that need to come together so that you do it as a full-time job. And the, the, the partnerships are vital and key. And still with that knowledge, if I had had someone come to me to, do, uh, to be the fat loss partner of the program and they looked into what they did and it was yo-yo diet stuff, I, I couldn't have it. If it was shaming stuff, no way. If it was focused on swimsuit appeal, no. It has got to be focused on this. Giving people a sensical way to drop unwanted fat from their body without body shaming and without an undue focus on how you look. Certainly, let's not kid ourselves. Aesthetics are always part of, of dropping weight, at least for most people. You know, So that's always going to be the case when you're talking about fat loss. But then it's the protocol. What is it? You know, if you're having people have to learn entire new ways of living their life and, hey, here's a punch card and fill out the punch card and here's a point system and fill that out. No, that that can't last. It doesn't provide any an education. If it doesn't have a maintenance phase, then I'm out in terms of fat loss. Maintenance phase is key. Want to know why? You take off a bunch of weight like I did, 95 pounds very quickly, and you instantly go back to eating what you used to eat. You don't reintroduce it slowly, methodically. You're going to balloon higher than you were before, bigger than you were before. And I need to know about performance. How is it tracked? It's not just revenue. Because you could be one of those diet places where you get people in, they lose the weight, then they go home and they gain even more and then they come back. Hey, I lost it here last time. Can you do it again? Oh, sure. It'll cost the same amount of money. You could have a huge amount of revenue. But you're not really changing lives. Soda weight loss is changing lives. It is about making sure once the fat, unwanted fat, comes off your body. In my case, once a long time ago, it was 150 pounds. Once it's gone, it stays bye-bye. And the protocols match. The, uh, the Christian meditation programs match. They're focused on water, convenience foods, cooking classes, and yes, that maintenance phase. This is how to get it done. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art because they are, sodaweightloss.com. In the Washington Free Beacon, we have this. Thousands of pediatricians convened in Anaheim, California in early October for the American Academy of Pediatrics annual conference. The group, which boasts 67,000 members of the United States and around the world, describes itself as dedicated to the health of children. So some audience members were shocked when Dr. Marissa Lindinsky, an associate professor of pediatrics at the University of Alabama, lauded a so-called transgender teenager for committing suicide. A teenager who had become confused about their gender, conned by a world that wants to con kids, killed themselves, and this doctor praised her. 
in an address about standing up for so-called gender-affirming. Karen Lindinsky eulogized Leela Elkhorn, a 17-year-old who, in Lindinsky's words, stepped boldly in front of a tractor trailer, ending her life, which probably means his life, in 2014, leaving a suicide note that went viral literally around the world. Lindinsky's remarks were captured on video by a horrified onlooker, Oregon pediatrician Julia Mason, who expressed outrage on Twitter that Ladinsky was glorifying suicide and actually described this unprofessional and dangerous. This isn't just Mason's opinion, technically speaking. It's also the official stance of the AAP, whose website for parentshealthychildren.org expressly warns that glorifying suicide can have a contagious effect and inspire other teens to take their lives. This happened and no one in the room stood up and walked out. No one in the room stood up and said, what in the name of God did you just say? Get off the stage. No one yanked her from the stage. Now, there's going to be different views, but the view that it's good to, to applaud a teen for killing himself after that teen, courtesy of your medical system, had become confused about their gender or defiant about it, you're going to applaud the suicide? This woman, Lindinsky, devoted her career to facilitating this, this wrong sex hormone approach to life. And this is across the board happening in terms of, 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 of working with teens. Just go right to the COVID injection. This is the easiest example. Go to the use of pronouns that they're insisting on now in hospitals. Go to this. And we'll talk about this in detail later this week. Go to this. There's a new food pyramid. (laughs) There truly is a new food pyramid. And guess what's more healthy than beef or cheddar cheese? You're going to think I'm kidding. I'm going to give you some things that they consider more healthy for you that you should eat more often than beef or cheddar cheese. Ready? Ice cream cone with nuts. Almonds, M&M's. Lucky Charms, which they place right next door to chicken, skinless chicken breast. Lucky Charms is in there next to this. Chips, potato chips or fries. This is being lauded as a new way for healthy eating by the medical establishment, the same one that has this woman applauding a teen's decision to kill himself. Now, you see where we're headed. You see the arrival point? The CDC is tracking mental health in kids. The CDC that helped destroy mental health in kids is tracking mental health in kids. They found that 45% of high school students were so persistently sad or hopeless in 2021, they were unable to engage in regular activities. Almost one in five seriously considered suicide, and 9% surveyed tried to take their lives during the previous 12 months. Now remember, so much of the medical establishment wants people eliminated. Why not use suicide? Why not encourage it? There are article after article after article appearing to describe how much more money the state would save if it just helped more people kill themselves. Canada is particularly egregious in this regard. Why not when your goal is fewer people? Why not when you consider bugs, people bugs, to be eliminated? Now, of course, this doctor would lob this, right? Standing in front of a freight train for, 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 the, for the future world. Which leads us to the ultimate arrival point before we get to, to, to James and his take on these things. Particularly the World Health Organization. James came to my attention through Alyssa, who books interviews for me, and his focus on the World Health Organization. It's this. Project Veritas unstu- uncovered what they call a hive of groomers in Chicago. This should shock no one. Uh, three years ago, when the, and I mean it, he's a pervert. Uh, Chris Rakedahl is the boss of government schools in Washington State. He is an absolute pervert. How do I know? Because of what he did to kids. Because he obsessed over it for two years. He's a conflicted and dishonest and, and, and duplicitous and cowardly pervert. Who 
who runs government schools in Washington State and sweatily ran around the halls in Olympia, Washington, that's the capital of the separate country of Washington, pushing and prodding and shoving to get the perverse pornographic sex ed into the schools. That's a pervert. So as he was doing that, he was prepping an environment. If you are a grown person and you want to have sex upon the bodies of children, you want to gratify your sexual lust and perverse at that on the body of the children, become a teacher. Because you can come and teach about it. You can talk about it. You can lead classroom discussions about it. You can even hand out sex toys. It's a dream job of a pedophile. And he prepped the environment for it. Remember this teacher who was accused of molesting children? Um, this is in, the, uh, this in, in Minnesota. Did you hear about this? Oh, he's been punished. We'll get to that. He's been punished. I want you to know he's, he's been punished. It's a pretty serious punishment, too. We'll get to that. Let's start with the Chicago story and James O'Keefe. So Project Veritas went out, and they went to an event for teachers, and they did what they did. They socially engineer someone to sitting down and talking like they're just talking to a colleague. So here it is. And again, I apologize for the rough language, but there's no way to bleep this and have you not know what it is. I don't even know what I would call it. I guess, forgive me, but a thing you shove up your rectum. I had like our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. Meet Joe Bruno, Dean of Students at the prestigious Francis W. Parker Private School in Chicago, which happens to charge $40,000 per student. Well, they're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are just playing with them. They're like, how do you, how does this butt plug work? How do we do, like, how does this work? That's a really, like, cool part of my job. Parents might be stunned to learn that Bruno's version of love and acceptance means handing out sex toys to underage students. So I've been the dean for four years. During Pride, we do a Pride week every year. And I had, um, I had, like, our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. Who is this? This is uh, an LGBTQ plus health center came in to talk to my high school students. Nice. They're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are just playing with them, They're looking at them. In the school? In, in a classroom. Wow. Yeah. While I'm sitting there. Then we had a drag queen come in, um, pass out cookies and brownies and do photos. It's so amazing. And everybody's cool with that, like the plugs and the dildos. Yeah. Nobody complains. No. I mean, if the parents found out, would they? No. It's queer sex. This is the drag queen that came in. What's her name? Uh, Alexis Bevels. Alexis Bevels. And just hung out in my classroom. And was there? Or hung out in my office. You have so much freedom. So much wiggle room. So much freedom. So much money. I mean, I mean to do stuff. Trustees are okay with that too? They don't know. They would. It's like, we. I wouldn't even like run it by them. Like, why would I run it by them? They would be like, oh my God, that's wonderful. Like yeah. How old were the kids at, with the classroom? 14, 18. They're like, how do you, how does this book work? How do we do, like, how does this work? Right. Um, so yeah, that's a really like cool part of my job is I don't have to worry about stuff like that. Real cool part of a job of a dean of an expensive school. And the kids and the parents don't need to know. And they want to eliminate 6.5 billion people that are bugs and insects. And so they're going to respect kids' bodies. Why? They're going to prevent teen suicides. Why? Why? When they have this little regard for those of us made in God's image, which is all of us. Which is all of us. When you do programs like this, and I've mentioned this before, you reach certain inflection points. And I will never forget the moment when we got a call from our partners at Radio America. And, hey, Mike Lindell wants to come back on the program. Now, it had been years since we'd worked with Mike in radio. And he was always great to work with. In fact, kind of a joyful guy. Not kind of, a very joyful guy. Really enjoyed interviewing him for a couple hours, which I got to do, well, about, about eight years ago. 
And he has no issues. No issues talking about his issues. It's okay that you're not okay, in other words. Mike shared with me his years of drug addiction, his years of alcohol addiction and gambling and what that was like and, and being in poverty and sleeping on couches. And even though he was working hard, it's always been a hard worker, obsessive about, as they say, shoulder the grindstone. But when you're that addicted to things, money goes away. And it was late at night. As I recall Mike's story, God woke him. I want to take this from you. This is not what you're meant to be. I want to heal you. Do you want to be healed? So the the Lord, in my judgment, every time before you accept his redemption, he asks, do you want this? Because he doesn't just give it to us. Mike wanted it. Those were so many years ago. And now, by virtue of the fact that he believes the 2020 election was stolen, I know it was rigged. I believe it was stolen. Mike is being targeted. He won't stop. This is, this, this is the greatest thing. There's two things that will beat everything else, hustle and resilience. I want to reward his resilience. So I got the six-piece towel set made in USA with United States cotton. It's insanely absorbent, and these, these towels are very soft. I continue to say they qualify as a beach towel. They're that big. And, yes, I'm backing Mike's play. So you can get the same things as two towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two set. Same thing I have. And forget the 60-day money-back guarantee. If you buy before Christmas, that guarantee is extended all the way through March 1st of next year. And get this. These are regularly $89.98. Now for only $39.98 at MyPillow.com slash Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman. You find deep discounts there on all my pillow products. Get your six-piece my pillow towel set for only thirty-nine ninety-eight. Shop mypillow.com slash Herman. And yes, we're backing your brother's play. I make no bones about the fact that one of the reasons we're glad to have Mike back here is because I want to back a brother's play. But if the product wasn't solid, couldn't do it. So that's out of Chicago. And go all the way back up to the top. What was that headline we had? Humanity has become weapons of mass extinction. Extinction. They want us gone. And so, again, why would they have any respect for the bodies of children? Oh, that teacher I mentioned? Yeah, this is, this is an indicator of how well the environment's been prepped. In Benson, Minnesota, an elementary teacher was charged with three counts of criminal sexual conduct Monday after he allegedly molested three different children during the school day while other kids were present. And he was at one point named a teacher of excellence or excellent teacher of the year, 2017. Oh, he's getting his punishment for molesting kids ages seven to eight. Uh, allegedly, he has been uh, placed on. He's been placed on paid leave, vacation. In other words, vacation. Oh, the school did respond in Chicago. In fact, they emailed the response. James O'Keefe got it. I was going to read it, but you know what? It's James' story. Let's have James O'Keefe read it. All right, emergency press conference, Project Veritas. We have a statement hot off the press from Dan Frank, principal of the Francis W. Parker School in Highland Park, Chicago. This is in reaction to the latest bombshell report. Hot the press. Let's see what it says. Will they fire the dean? Will they condemn what he said? No, this is, they're taking an interesting approach here. Listen to this. Last week at the National Association of Independent Schools People of Color Conference, one of our employees was targeted by the group and misled to believe he was conversing with another conference attendee over a coffee. He was filmed without his knowledge or permission while describing one example of our inclusive, affirming and comprehensive approach the sex education. This group, Project Veritas, has now edited the video with malicious intent. That's interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute. And launched it publicly tonight. Please know this video contains descriptive language. If you choose to view it, we ask you not to share it because it will add to its viral power. So they're saying that we edited it with malicious intent. Literally his words. There, there are no edits. It's just him talking about dildos and butt plugs and spit and awful things about with 14-year-old girls getting this information. This is, I don't know what, there's no edit. What are they talking about edit? Are they saying he didn't say these things? Then sue me. 
Sue me. Mm -hmm. By the way, we never lost a defamation lawsuit. That's because we don't edit anything improperly. Earlier this week, the same group Veritas attempted to ambush our employee at the school and was escorted off campus without incident. Well, we have that video coming tomorrow. Your characterization is maliciously edited, by the way, compared to what we actually have on video. It's always interesting how that works. While we have no reason to believe there is a threat to the physical security of work with the Alderman's office and police has implemented higher security measures. I want, <laughs> these are underage children being given anal sex toys. Anyway, uh, we're sickened by the group's tactics. The invasion happened. We'll be meeting with middle and upper school students tomorrow to support and guidance. Here's the statement. You'll see it on our Twitter page. Stay tuned for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Deceptively edited. Same excuse. You just multiply it. Well, the cherry-picking data uh, when they want to say that uh, vaccinated people are more likely to die. Oh, they're on suspension. They're on paid leave. Do you see it all? Do you see the through line now? I hope I... If not, my bad. I hope I demonstrated it. Hey, there is no guarantee that this program will continue. Um, I mean, I have no plans to stop it. God has blessed us. My goodness, it's just now over a year ago that we began this, and we've, we've God has delivered us into the top one half of 1% of podcasts globally. That's because of you. But I want you to know that there is no guarantee that you'll be able to get access to it. If you haven't yet gone to the ToddHermanShow.com and become a subscriber to our Substack, please do that. I'll tell you why. It's because you get the show notes every day, and that's really helpful. All the links. You have friends that say, no, that didn't happen. You can send them the link and go, no, it is. Here's the research. Here's this food pyramid thing he was talking about. It's right here. right? And you do that by going to the ToddHermanShow.com because if one of the platforms you listen to us on decides to ban us or to can us or to suppress us or what have you, and so far, and, and give good credit to them. God bless them. Thank you for not doing that, Spotify or others. Thank you for not giving in to that. But there's no guarantee. So we go over to the ToddHermanShow.com if you haven't done it yet. And just go there. Sign up for the Substack. What you're going to get is a couple emails a day. They're the show notes. It's free, by the way. There's a paid version coming, but I keep saying that. Maybe I, maybe I don't really mean it. Maybe I feel uncomfortable taking subscription fees. Maybe that's what's stopping me. Appreciate that if you do that. You know, I don't agree entirely with everybody we bring on the show, but I think it's so important, particularly when people are tracking the World Health Organization far more obsessively than I am to do that. And so we're bringing someone on who's doing just that. James Roguski joins me on the Todd Herman Show. James, welcome, writer, researcher. Glad to have you here. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, on, on top of that is uh, I try to give everyone uh, some type of action that they can do. It's it's one thing to just report what's going on. Yeah. I absolutely do not consider myself to be a journalist because I don't try to give both sides of the story. I, I try to point out how the narrative is, you know, trying to fool you. And I definitely come with an opinion and generally a call to action. Good. So I would add activists to that yeah, as well. I forgot that activists. I, 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 you know, I center so much of my show. Or I try to when I get out of my own way and let God do it. Uh, so much of my activism is about um, being uh, in the full armor of God and, and abiding in Christ. And I certainly take action steps. I'm going to try to build something called the um, Free State Alliance. It's going to take a lot of time and money. But in any case, yeah, I forgot that. Uh, I didn't know there were people who were uh, reading more about the World Health Organization and and injection passports than I was. But uh, you might be giving me a strong run for my money on this. And um, what's what piqued your interest in this? I mean, I know you've always you've researched for a long time and written for a long time. But what was your first sniff of the World Health Organization being an organization we need to look out for? Well, that, that sent a little shiver down my spine. So I will tell you the true story. Um, I've learned. Somehow, some way, um, for me, prayer is very, very simple, okay? Um, I volunteer to do whatever's asked, and I just pray for guidance, strength, and protection. And in January sometime, um, I was out working in my yard, and I just felt the urge, and I said, God, if there's anything you want me to do, I'll do it. Just let me know what it is. And it wasn't like a lightning bolt hit me, all right? 
I've, I've had that experience where boom, you know, it's like you get an idea. It's like, Oh, okay. So a period of time later, um, I was compelled, dragged out of bed at like four in the morning to go search on the internet, which is not in and of itself surprising. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do that all the time. Um, little early for me, right? I'm not usually up at four in the morning. Yeah. And uh, in short order, I uh, quote unquote stumbled upon or was guided to a document that was hidden in plain sight. It was uh, amendments to international health regulations that the Biden administration had submitted in January of 2022. I didn't find them until March, uh, I believe it was March 28th. And I I was reading an article and it said, you know, we have obtained this document. And so I clicked on the link. I started reading the document and I'm like, oh my goodness. And a shiver went down my spine. And I was like, this looks like a job that I, I'm up to the task of comprehending what this means. And I wrote an article about it, uh, published it on March 31st called uh, Wake Up and Smell the Burning of Our Constitution and spread the word as much as I could. It, it was essentially giving more power to the WHO, and uh, it was to be considered at the 75th World Health Assembly in Geneva this past May. And lo and behold, uh, it got kicked to the curb and was rejected. But uh, a whole lot of details um, connected to that. Um, while many nations rejected it in May, um, they set up a process by which um, we're back at it again, people. Yeah. And it has been resubmitted along with now um, 15 other nations have submitted amendments to the international health regulations, which is an existing agreement that, you know, 194 member nations are party to. Uh, I got a text message today from yet another person. Um, I've done FOIA requests in the United States to request the information uh, this is the second person from the United Kingdom, uh, South Africa, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and Finland. People have put in official requests. This is as secret as secret could be. They will not reveal what these proposals are. And the person in the UK confirmed for the second time, you know, uh, another person had confirmed earlier, the United, K United Kingdom basically said, yeah, we have the documents, but you can't have them because it might harm their relationship with other member nations if they reveal them. And my attitude is, well, now I just want to see them even more, because if you're hiding them, right. uh, I'm going to guess that there's something in there that you don't want people to see, and it would harm your relations with other countries. What's going on? Exactly. And uh, what we've learned about the World Health Organization is anything that they want to hide from us uh, means it's ill. In fact, many of the things they tell us they want to do mean it's ill. Uh, we talked about that uh, document, um, I'm not on it as quickly as you were, but a little bit afterwards and, and have had a few people on to talk about it. To remind people, this would allow the World Health Organization to come along and say, hey, we saw some chatter on social media about a lot of so-called gun violence in this area. We're going to go ahead and declare it a public health issue, swoop in and move the uh, city, um, county, state people out of the way and, in fact, ignore the feds and go ahead and set up our response. And it, it, isn't, it isn't localized to flus or anything like that. It doesn't need to be a confirmed illness. Well, I mean, what does in the, in, in the era of PCR tests? What is a confirmed illness? Uh, but they can come in and say, oh, we're going to start running things. Um, including to, you know, messaging, et cetera. Um, the, the, the idea and the fact, James, that, that we didn't have, uh, that Mitch McConnell didn't flee from the Senate with his hair on fire saying they're coming for our Constitution tells you, I think, everything we need to know about Republican leadership there. Um, who do you think in the United States really has a thirst for getting this done? Because someone does. I mean, who I think in power has a thirst for getting this done to us? Um, almost everybody, it seems. Okay. And, and so the issue is, um, local governments, you know, your County health commissioner, your, you know, state board of health, whatever it might be. Um, I, I, I just, uh, got off a phone call. Someone's going to send me, uh, information. Apparently there are, uh, I believe he said legislation that will be come into force at the beginning of the year in New York. 
Um, we've seen it in South Africa and uh, Western Australia, certainly in California, you know, it's a level of insanity that, you know, hasn't really been surpassed elsewhere. Um, local leaders who are drunk on power um, follow the lead of the WHO and either, you know, most likely grossly uh, overextend their legal authority. They make decrees, they put forth, you know, proclamations, emergency declarations, whatever it may be. Um, everyone needs to be aware on a local basis, okay? The changes that I've been focused on and, and, and talking about on a um, WHO international level, the uh, health minister of Indonesia, and Indonesia was the host for the recent G20, Maybe he was meant to say this, or maybe he accidentally said the quiet part out loud. But he let the couple—he let a couple of cats out of the bag. One of them that a lot of people heard about, and one that many people didn't, is he said, "You know, they're very, very proud that they are going to submit, and they had submitted amendments to the international health regulations to create a global digital health certificate." Other people may call that a vaccine passport, can go by all kinds of names. You know, it's it's the lead into the social credit system that I think a lot of people by now are familiar is going on in um, China. Um, somebody that I was just talking to said, yes, you know, in, in the Philippines, everybody has a QR code that, you know, they use to access and get in so long as they're jammed. My biggest concern is that the secret uh, the, the proposals that were made by Indonesia and possibly other nations uh, fit hand in glove with the design of the international health regulations, which I've come to call the international surveillance regulations, because that's really what they're all about. They're not about health. Right. Is that they want to hide as long as they could hide these proposed changes. Um, and sometime in May at the World Health uh, Assembly, um, adopt and implement um, a global health certificate, vaccine passport, you know, digitally, whatever you want to do. And, you know, now you're trapped. Now you're, now you're trapped. Now they don't want to let you do anything unless you do what they tell you to do. And if your vaccine passport is red, um, you're in prison in a sense. And if you're participating in that, well, then you've just accepted a certain form of a beast system whereby you can't participate unless you do what they tell you to do. And um, now is the time to wake up to it and stop it. And so that's what I'm actively working on. Uh, yeah, and stop it. We have to because, uh, you know, the pieces that they have stacked up on their side, um, it's, no, it's, it's no secret that uh, Bill Gates wants us eating fake meat, uh, that he patents, that Monsanto wants us licensing crops from them. No longer do we have uh, heritage seeds and heritage crops. And that uh, they, they would like to, and Gates is doing this by driving up the cost of, uh, relative cost of ranching, um, because he's paying off people with carbon offsets for, um, you know, growing soy, et cetera, like that, but not, not cattle ranches. Uh, that they want us eating bug meat, um, and if you want to call that meat, um, and they want they want that all to be compulsory. And Gates has said that in the in the third worlds, in the developing worlds, they can continue to eat what they want to eat, but the United States might need some nudging, might need some regulation. Um, so when you hear about injection passports, understand that they're trying to merge food and health uh, at the same time as the FDA is now once again trying to find a way to functionally outlaw. You know, helpful supplements and vitamins due to that, what they did to ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but worse, uh, they want to now be able to prescribe you foods. Uh, and once they prescribe you foods, this is what's going to be in your menu. We're going to go ahead and check and make sure that you bought these things. Um, it, it, am I getting it thus far? Uh, kind of how this unfolds? I, I would add one detail, okay? Um, all of the stuff that you said actually opened up the door to um, an even bigger pandora's box mm -hmm. and so just to make it clear the things that you just said fall onto a slightly different track than the things that i said before because what i was talking about were amendments to existing international health regulations yeah. the types of things you're talking about are being discussed in the negotiations for a proposed pandemic treaty 
And so if the international health regulations and the amendments are a Japanese bullet train, okay, and it's going to be here before you blink, uh, there's a big old gravy train, you know, freight train with everything loaded onto it, all of the hopes and dreams of the people who want to take over the world. You mentioned, you know, food and, and, and farming and ranching and, and nutrition. Um, that falls under, uh, I believe it's Article 17 of their proposed pandemic treaty, which they refer to as One Health. Now, One Health is not about one's individual health right it's about a one you know world answered whereby uh technocrats you know bureaucrats uh setting up and it please understand that the the treaty would set up a completely separate enormous bureaucracy on top of the who okay they want to have uh, a, a conference of the parties if if cop 27 means anything to anybody listening they want to set up that type of conference of the party's bureaucratic structure and fund it with billions upon billions of dollars, literally give it a budget that's like two and a half to three times the existing WHO budget funded by various nations making pledges and literally listed in the pandemic fund. Look up under the World Bank's pandemic fund. Um, the Rockefeller Organization, the Wellness Trust, and Bill and Melinda Gates are founding donors. They're essentially siphoning money into what would be a new bureaucracy to feed what I've come to call the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. They would get the WHO to declare a public health emergency of international concern. You mentioned that a little bit earlier, yep. P-H-E-I-C or FAKE. And the money flow through this new organization would end up in the, in the coffers of really the true fake, which is the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. They get everybody scared. Oh, my God, there's a new thing. And I actually just published something really entertaining um, yesterday. Um, the catastrophic contagion. Okay catastrophiccontagion.com. It's so new, I have to even double check to make sure I remember it correctly. The, the same organization that put out Event 201 on October 23rd did another, you know, tabletop, uh, um, what, are, what are they called, um, um, simulation of the pandemic that may very well be happening in 2025 in what effectively is um, Eastern Venezuela. So watch out if you live in Eastern Venezuela, um, you've got an enterovirus problem coming in 2025. And the abbreviation for it is SEERS, S-E-E-R-S, okay? They're predicting the future and they've run a simulation. And so, um, you know, be aware that their game is to tell you exactly what they plan on doing in advance. Um, I'm just trying to pay attention and spread the word about what they say, um, you know, everybody should be afraid of. And so they get everybody afraid and then, oh, well, we don't have to actually prove that it's safe. Just, you know, uh, authorize it and take your chances. And the money flows and the money goes to people in big pharma and, you know, whether it's, as you put it, you know, ridiculous PCR tests and, you know, laboratories and the money doesn't go to make people healthy. It goes to fund the people who profit from pandemics. And we will continue to deal with this until we make pandemics unprofitable. Yeah. As long as money can be made, we're going to have this fake stuff happening all the time. Well, what, what fun is being a psychopath if you can't tell people what you're going to do and then, and then watch it work? I mean, you gotta, if you're going to be a psychopath, it's part of the psychopathic fun. Uh, so, James, uh, well, we, there's a link to James's work, Substack, in the show notes down below, which you're listening on whatever platform. And let me ask you this, the activist party, so what do we do? Um, you know, I have my view on this that uh, I don't think this is the beast, but it's definitely a great trial run for the beast. So it's something that you absolutely have to resist. And I have my view, but I get to do that all, all day, every day on the cast. What's your view? What's your view of activism to stop this? Well, for, for me personally, um, I, I let everybody reach me directly because what I think has happened 
over the past three years that we have to fix, mm -hmm. okay, is relationships have been shredded, right? Spouses, family, friends, work, church, school, everything. Um, people have been given the opportunity to show their true colors, their true character, okay? And so a lot of relationships have been shredded. And um, I give everybody my phone number. It's 310-619-3055. I'm in the United States. If you're outside the United States, the, the country code is plus one for the U.S. Um, signal, telegram, WhatsApp, phone, text message, whatever. Um, I, I think what we all need to do is realize that they've tried to separate us. And I'm just trying to put those connections back together. I got a phone call last night from someone, uh, Owen, in New York. And he's like, hey. I like what you're doing. I want to work. You know, I, I, I want to put together a flyer so I can share this information with the next person. I'm like, great, let's work on that. We'll work on that. Somebody else calls up and says, oh, you know, I, I do this, that, and the other thing, whatever it might be. Uh, the issue is there's everything under the sun that you could possibly imagine doing. Step number one, though, is all of the WHO's information is occult. It's hidden. And so the easiest thing is to take the link to this podcast and spread the word and let everybody know that this is what they have planned. They had secret meetings a week and a half ago where for five days they're discussing amendments to the international health regulations, totally secret. They won't reveal the documents. They let a little bit of the cat out of the bag that they think they're going to have digital vaccine passports. Okay. And so, uh, you know, step number one is raise awareness. Okay. Um, step number two is work with the willing. If you share this information with other people and they think you're crazy, they don't think there's anything to worry about. Well, bless them on, on their way and, you know, give them every opportunity in the world. You can, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You can give somebody information. You can't make them think. Okay. But there will be those people who, um, look at this information and they go, oh, my God, you know, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. Um, certainly, there's many, many things that people can do. But step number one is to identify the people who want to work with you. Yeah. And so um, all of my information is on, you know, uh, my Substack, which is just jamesroguski.substack.com. The hardest part of that is spelling my name. OK, R-O-G-U-S-K-I. Um, give me a phone call. Anybody who, you know, thinks that this is an issue. Step number one is to get the details, understand what's going on, make for yourself these plans that they're, you know, pursuing. Uh, get them out from the darkness, get them into the light, spread the word, let people know. What they have failed to do is they have failed to program people with propaganda that they need this. OK, people don't think that they need amendments to the international health regulations. Most people go, I don't even know what you're talking about. Never heard of that. And that's actually fantastic, because when you show them the information, they go, oh, no way. Right. And now you've got another ally. Yeah. If, if they go, oh, that's a great idea. We certainly should have all of these things. You go, you know, have a nice day. I, I wish you all the best in the world. I'll pray for you. Um, if you come to your senses at some point in the future, you know, by all means, contact me. But you work with you work with the willing and you spread the word on, you know, things like this podcast to let people know what's going on. And locally, um, you know, go to your city council, go to your county commissioner's office, realize that all of the stuff that they're doing in Geneva is just to give guidance to all of the young global leaders who are in place, you know, in your hometown right now, putting these things through if you're not paying attention. Yep. Yep. Well said. And I would add to this, you know, we talk so often on the show about parallel societies and um, the big complicated portion of that. Yeah. I, I'm on a board of a, um, a medical center. We don't get to call it a hospital. I'm on the nonprofit board. Gladly, you don't want me giving medical advice. Um, that's parallel society, but you can build parallel societies locally. We talk about the barter networks that exist in North Idaho. We talk about the fact that we have lands and, and we can, you know, we can grow food and we do grow some food, not enough, but we do grow some. We've got access to wildlife and lakes and waters and other people have access to things we need. So the real strong connections are having those connections. And remember this, uh, folks, that the things that God made are real. 
um, food, water. He's a God of abundance. Uh, he hasn't forgotten that. He still creates manna every day. We just quit calling it that. It doesn't fall from the sky, but look at this. We have this abundance. So keep that in mind. They can't take that. They can't take your faith. I mean, you can let them take it, um, but you can't be you can't be stolen from the Lord's hands. He's made that very very clear. James, I appreciate you coming on, and I invite everybody as always to go with God's good grace. Um, so I invite you to go with God's good grace, and I appreciate you being so open with this audience. The link you know, to all his work is in the podcast. His phone number, and if you end up having a conversation with James, tell me about it. That's wild that you are able to do that and sustain that. This is the Todd Herman Show. I do invite you to please, as always, go be well, be strong, be kind, and remember that God, the Lord God, is not the God of shortage. He's the God of abundance. And we are also to care for the least of these. So as you prayer prayer for your family and your future, make sure that you're adding 10 to 15% for the people around you. <laughs>